Welcome to the Rabbit Hole Club, where we're keeping it surreal and talking about all things odd, mysterious, and paranormal. This is show 009. Tonight, I welcome back my dear friend Jennifer Carroll. We're going to talk about theater superstitions, where they came from, and all kinds of other weirdness. It's candid with some adult language, so be advised. Before we dive in too deep, remember to visit my Patreon account and become a member so I can keep bringing you fun and freaky shows with colorful guests and amazing stories. It's full of fun little goodies that'll make you go, hmm. Patreon.com forward slash The Rabbit Hole Club. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find all of that on my new website, therabbithole.club. Be sure to like and follow while you're there watching creepy and cool stuff. If you or someone you know would like to share a scare, personal experience, or anything else odd and unusual, you can call my hotline at 816-514-5084. Leave a message there or send an email to submit at therabbithole.club. I'll be happy to do an interview, play your message on the air, or read your experience to my listeners. And now, on to the show. Let's talk about two... (laughs) Theater superstitions, because there's, and we'll start with the ghost light, okay, because there are so many, like the rubber duck, now that's individual to that particular theater, Yeah. but all theaters worldwide have a ghost light. They do. Why? There are a couple theories. I mean, the most practical theory is, uh, because the ghost light is a, a light. Usually it's a single light bulb on a stand um, that is rolled to downstage center and it's turned on and left on when nobody's at the theater, when the theater's dark. The practical application for that is that you can walk into the dark theater and you, to get to the turn on the lights, you have some light so you don't accidentally fall off the edge of the stage or trip over props or scenery or anything like that. You don't get hurt. It's a safety issue. Now... The other side of that is that it is there to basically ward off spirits from messing with the sets and the props. <laughs> um, the other aspect of that is that when the theater is empty, you know, most ghosts in theaters are theater people. Yes. So that they have light to do their own show so they don't have to leave the stage when everybody else is gone yeah because that kind of ties in with the other superstition that theaters are always dark at least one day a week usually on mondays and by dark we mean that there's no performances nothing happens in the theater right and the reason for that is so that these ghosts can have one night one day where they can put on their own performance, where they can go back and perform and and do their job. That is so cool. Um, um, and so the ghost light is there on the dark day to light their performance for them. That's just fun. Now, theater is full of superstitions. It is. Like, don't whistle backstage. No. Why? Okay, so in the beginning of theater, the beginning days of theater, mm-hmm. um, the people that knew how to rig, uh, tie knots, work with lines, 
were sailors. All that stuff that hangs over that everybody's hangs over heads, the head. Right. All of the scenery, the drops, the lights. This well, they didn't have lights overhead then, uh, but the scenery um, that hangs overhead. The people that knew how to rig that and how to tie the knots so that they stayed were sailors. Okay. Now on ship, you know, if you have somebody that's way up in the sails and somebody on deck, it's hard to yell back and forth. So they would whistle. Okay. Different cues to each other. Okay. So since sailors were the ones that were controlling the scenery, then they would just whistle their cues. They'd have certain sequences of notes or cadences that they would whistle for mm -hmm. a cue. So if you whistled the wrong sequence of notes, you could have a piece of scenery come in on your head. <laughs> so you don't whistle backstage so even now. <laughs> no. I mean, even though, you know, they don't, you know, we all have, we have cue lights. Um, they don't whistle for their cues, but it's still, you don't whistle backstage. It's bad luck. Just like you never tell a performer good luck. No. So in theater, you tell them to break a leg. In ballet, you say merd, merd, merd. And in opera, you say toy, toy, toy. Yes. Why? Um, there are several reasons. Okay. There are several theories behind it. Um, the first one is that mischievous um, spirits in the theater will always do the opposite of what you say. Oh. To create havoc. Okay. So if you say good luck, they're going to create bad luck. Okay. But if you say break a leg, they're going to create good luck. Okay. Um, another take on that is that uh, the, the curtains that are at the sides of stage that are short ones that kind of mask the backstage area. The wings. The wing area mm -hmm. are called legs. Oh, okay. Those are called legs. Um, and in the vaudeville era, um, there were theaters usually booked more acts mm -hmm. than could actually get on stage because you never knew when an act was going to be bad and you'd need to yank it off the stage oh. before it was done. Oh. So they always overbooked to make sure that they had a full show. Mm -hmm. And the only time you got paid as a performer was if you actually got on stage. So get on stage you're breaking the leg oh you're getting past the leg and getting out on the leg curtains getting out on stage so it's good so for you to get paid you need to break a leg okay but you don't tell a ballet dancer to break a to leg to break no. a leg you say merd 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 which translates to shit 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 yeah because it is bad luck to tell a dancer to break a leg break a leg right <laughs> <laughs> right on okay and there is also, a certain play by Shakespeare that you never recite or even mention the name of the title when you're backstage. What is that and why? No. You don't say, and since we're not sitting in a theater, I'll say it. Okay. Um, you don't say Macbeth. And why not? In a theater. Because Macbeth is a cursed play, supposedly. Okay. Um, the reasoning behind that or the, the t story behind that, is that the first time that it was performed, the actor that was playing Macbeth, um, I can't remember if it was that he got sick or that he died, but he somehow got injured, got sick, and wasn't able to perform. Oh. And they didn't necessarily have an understudy, so they had to cancel the show, and they oh. lost all that money. Oh. Um, there have been 
other shows throughout history, other times that they've done Macbeth, that something always goes wrong. Oh, wow. Something, even the most recent revival of Macbeth, they had to close it for a while because, and I'm blanking on the name of the actor, who's a famous actor, um, who was playing Macbeth and caught COVID. Oh! And so they had to close it while he... Got over COVID. While he was quarantined and got over over COVID. Now, the the other theory is because of the witches that are in... Oh, they're in the play. There are three witches in the play. Right. And um, that's where the whole line, toil, toil... Uh, toil, the, toil, magic, and you know, boil, and whatever that yeah, is. Yes, I that remember. whole line. <laughs> um, it's believed that that's actually true witchcraft and that it brings evil spirits into the theater so it's like a conjuring in a play yeah, yeah. that it's actually con that, that when they do that scene they're actually conjuring an evil spirit oh well that's just yuck yeah now if you are a person who is in a theater and you say the name of the scottish play because when you're in a theater you just call it the scottish play okay <laughs> um because Macbeth is set in scotland right um, if you say the name, then there is, like, the anti-curse. Which is? Well, some people will tell you different things. Okay. The main one is you have to go outside, spin around three times, spit, and then curse. A lot of times they say it's, you have to say, uh, a Shakespearean curse. Others say that you just have to curse. Oh. Like, so you cuss. What? Now, when I accidentally <laughs> did it... <laughs> My freshman year of college. What'd they make you do? They made me go outside and run around the entire building counterclockwise three times. Oh, wow. Now, um, and I was, we were in Taylor Auditorium, and it's not just the auditorium. It's it, a school. It was like the whole building <laughs> that is like the theater department and the, mu the music department and the art department. Like, we're all connected. I had to go run around. Oh, my god! I gosh. didn't necessarily run, but I, I did end up going around it three times. And did you break the curse? Well, nothing happened. Nothing bad happened. There so it is. I <laughs> apparently I did. I mean, if I had known at the time, all I had to do was run outside and, you know. Wow. Turn around, you know, and run in a circle three times, spit and curse. I would have rather have done that. <laughs> you know, out of all the industries that I've worked in in my career, in my life, Theater has to be the most superstitious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why it's is that? Well, I mean, some of, some of the superstitions, I think, come from producers trying to save money. Okay. Like, there's, there's a superstition that it's bad luck to wear uh, blue or green on stage. Oh. And that's because back in the day... That was expensive. Blue dye was super expensive. Right. It was the most expensive it dye. It was reserved for royalty at yeah, one point, right? It was right. the most expensive dye you could get. And no producer wanted to shell out the money to dye something blue. Gotcha. So, and, you know, to create green, you've got to have blue. Right. So it was bad. The other thing about green is uh, when theater first started, um, most productions and stages were outside. Right. 
in the Grink Amphitheaters. Mm -hmm. And so if you wore green, you could very well just blend into the green background of, you know, the hill or the trees or oh, whatever behind you. that makes sense. Sure. So, so there was that. Um, okay. You're also not supposed to uh, have peacock feathers on stage. I didn't know that. Yeah. What is that all about? Because the eye in the peacock mm -hmm. at the end of the feather is a symbol for the evil eye oh. and you don't want to have the evil eye on stage or insult a patron in the audience gotcha by having the evil eye i did not know that one i never even thought about it yeah wow there's also and this goes back to the producers <laughs> yeah um it's bad luck to have uh real jewelry and real money on stage because most of the time actors weren't paid very well um, and if you had real money and real jewelry it would disappear <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wanted to have their props stolen <laughs> right and have to constantly replace their props well I know that that's still before every show that I've ever done they have somebody come around, usually some kind of a production assistant, come around before every show and collect everybody's valuables and put them someplace safe. Yeah. That's, I mean. I mean, that's really, it. really cool. I yeah. thought that that was like, oh, well, that's really nice of them to do that. No, no, it has more to it than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also... Uh, I know that everybody's seen where uh, usually opening night, the lead, especially in ballets, the female lead will get flowers. Right, yep. Um, and it is a tradition to give flowers opening night, but you are never to give flowers before the show, only after the show. Really? Yeah. It is bad luck to give a performer a gift for something they haven't done yet. Oh, because the flowers are an appreciation of their performance, and they haven't performed yet. Oh! So what if the performance was bad? Well, you already <laughs> got your flowers, don't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right Now, on. the weirdest one that I've heard that surrounds flowers is... This is so weird. Um, it is supposed to be good luck to give either the director or the leading actress on the closing night of a performance, flowers that you stole from a graveyard. Excuse me? Because it symbols the death of, of the, the show. show. And so then you can move on successfully to the next one. Oh, wow. But yeah, isn't that, and I, well, uh, from what I've, I've heard, a lot of that also came from the fact that people, flowers were expensive. Right back in the day and people would want to give a gift to the director on the closing night so they just go steal some flowers from the graveyard <laughs> to the director and then it became this whole like superstition thing that it's good luck to give wow yeah. that's insane i had no idea yeah i don't think i've ever seen that happen i've never seen today <laughs> Why, or at least if i did i didn't know yeah. that's where they came from yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, can you think of any other superstitions that we missed? Um, there are a few small ones. 
um, they believe that it's it's bad luck to say the last line or do bows uh, before you have an audience. Oh, um, bec- really? Yeah, because the the play is there for the appreciation of the audience, so you don't bow without an audience. Um, this is why oh. a lot of times the final dress is an invited audience. I wondered so about that. So that they can rehearse the bows. Because you don't bow with to an empty theater. It's bad luck. That is crazy. Because I had noticed that. I had noticed that they don't usually practice bows until they have some people in the audience. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. Wow. Okay. Right There's also the thought that if you have a bad dress rehearsal, you'll have a good opening night. We've had numerous accounts of that being exactly true. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I couldn't even count the number of those that that's absolutely true. Yeah. So I, I can't, you know, dancers are really uh, hard on themselves. Yes, they are. Uh, when they feel like they've made a mistake or yep. when they feel like they haven't done as well as they should. Yes. So if I ever have a dancer come to me and they're upset about their how they went for their dress rehearsal, I always make sure to tell them, well, that means you're going to have a good opening night. And they do. And yeah, they do. Wow. I did not know so. that, but I've seen it happen so many times. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right on. Um. That's kind of most of that. The, uh, oh, there's another one that goes back to Ghost that it, it's good luck to leave one seat in the theater open right, for the ghost to sit in so they can watch the show. I know that there are some theaters out there that actually have a seat reserved in the audience that nobody ever sits in because that's the ghost seat. I have yeah. heard about that one. Yeah. And they've had ghosts sit in those seats, as a matter of fact. Wow. Oh, Jen, I can't thank you enough. This has been such a fun show. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. If you guys can think of anything else you'd like to add or any questions that you have, please be sure and send us an email at submit at therabbithole.club or you can call 816-514-5084. Thanks and have a great evening. That's my show for this week. Special thanks, as always, to my amazing family and my wonderful boyfriend for getting this project off the ground and indulging me down this crazy rabbit hole. Next week, I'll have Jennifer Carroll back again as my guest, and we'll be talking about spirit guides. Don't miss it. Thanks for listening, and keep it surreal.